Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, Allegheny County has a new top dog, and she's already making big moves for folks looking to work for local government. There's been a quiet price increase at one of our region's major transportation organizations, and we've got the skinny on how to recycle your live Christmas trees and maybe get something back from the city in return. Plus, stick around to the end to hear me absolutely fangirl over butter. It's January 5th, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with CityCast executive producer Mary Lee Williams. Hello. Hi, Megan. Hi. And one of our wonderful contributors, socially conscious journalist Natalie Bensavenga. Welcome. Hey, it's so nice to be with both of you today. We're so glad to have you. We yeah. wanted to kick things off today with new leadership. Sarah Inamorato took her oath this week to be Allegheny County's fourth county executive. So many times on the campaign trail, I spoke about building an Allegheny County for all. I talked about the economic transformation our region needs to begin, about affordable housing and keeping seniors in their homes, about good union jobs, clean air, and clean water. A county for all will mean different things to different people, and it will take our collective voice to make its promise real. Natalie, you were there at the inauguration on Tuesday. You emceed it. Tell us, what was the vibe like? Oh, my gosh. It felt electric. Like, I, I've emceed a lot of exciting things, but this one felt incredibly special to me. I think um, I've known Sarah for many, many years and to see her trajectory and to see the passion and the excitement of people that were behind the scenes backstage, that were out in the lobby, that were in the audience, you could really feel there was a true energy to the space. And I found it very, very exciting. And the minute I walked in, Megan, I could sense the synergy because Sarah and I were dressed almost identically. <laughs> so. <laughs> I saw your post on Instagram about that. You had, we had the, the same, same earrings, earrings on. We were both channeling the white suffragette sort of vibe. So we were in our sort of matching uh, matching suits. So we were we were laughing about that backstage. That's happened to us <laughs> once before. So it, it must be a tradition or something. <laughs> well, I know there have been a lot of promises made, you know, kind of in the buildup to the campaign um, and even repeated again on the stage. You know, one was to make it easier to fill so many open positions with county government right now. I saw in the Trib they reported that there are about a thousand open jobs, which just seems kind of incomprehensible when you think about it. Yeah. So on day one, one of the efforts to help fill those jobs was improving the benefits offered to county employees. So basically, full-time county employees, the minimum wage is going to jump to $18 an hour with future increases coming. For part-time people, that's going to be $15 an hour. And they're both basically effective immediately. Um, it also improves uh, vacation time. Mm -hmm. And there's some changes to pre-employment drug testing. I do believe the wage changes don't affect all county employees. It kind of depends on if you're union or non-union. Correct. Yeah, this is for non-union um, employees. But the union was a supporter of it because basically it's going to raise the floor. So when they go in for negotiations, it's kind of a win-win because they're starting at a better 
levels. So she had a lot of union-backed support for this initiative, which I think is a very important way of going into office. Instead of this adversarial experience, you're already starting with um, buy-in from your community leaders, which I think is huge and very important. And speaking to what you were saying about the overhauling the vacation policy. That's the one that blew me away. I didn't realize they only had five days for an entire year. Full-time employees, five days. Are you kidding me? No wonder nobody wants these jobs. Nobody wanted these jobs. It hasn't been overhauled since the 90s. And now it's jumping to three weeks. And for new employees as well. Which is not great, but it's better. It's so much better. It's so much better. And for new employees, they're also going to not have those waiting periods for parental leave or to be able to take sick days because, you know, things happen. Life happens. You can't always plan certain things. So I I think trying to make these spaces more attractive, um, it goes hand in hand with the fact that we need to fill these spaces. And she's fully aware of what our generation and the generations coming up are looking for and needing, which I think is an important departure from years past. So one other promise that has come up regarding county employees have to do with degree requirements. Yeah, and that's something she's actively working on as well. As we know, college education is becoming you know, farther out of reach for so many so people expensive. because of the yeah. cost. Yeah. It's so expensive. And that's a huge barrier to entry to be able to have a good paying job with good benefits and good quality of life. And so she wants to remove that barrier from some of the county positions, which I think just makes total sense if we're talking about attracting and retaining mm-hmm. young talent. Um, we're going to have to do some innovative and creative things. So I'll be curious to see how that pans out. Also, another thing about government jobs is while they might not pay the most, they are often very stable Mm -hmm. jobs. Like for people who, like, let's say they know they want to stay in Allegheny County, they want to have a family here, they want to stay close to their, you know, close relatives, or maybe they just really like it here and want to stay here. A government job is a good, solid job. I think people might not think that government work is like, the most attractive or exciting job, but like it has a lot of really great benefits for people. Absolutely. And we've talked on this show a lot um, and several times lately, it seems like about our city population and how it's not growing. It sounds like Sarah has been thinking a lot about that too. We've known for decades that we need to grow our population, but we still have one of the smallest immigrant populations of any major city. Our median area income is growing but nearly 40% of Allegheny households are not making enough to afford their basic necessities month to month. We are constantly featured on lists of the best places to live, but for too many people from too many communities, from black women to people with asthma, that designation doesn't always ring true. Yeah, you know, I think Sarah's hit the nail on the head. I really appreciated the diversity in that statement too, you know, from people that have asthma to to black women. These are marginalized communities, communities that are suffering in very different ways, but we're both experiencing um, hardship. And of course, there's many communities in between, but it's going to take a lot more than just talking about it. And what I liked about what she said during her Uh, speech was she has a lot of ideas that can actually be put into action fairly quickly with the right backing and the right Mm -hmm. support. So I'll be curious to see as she starts to implement 
um, some of these ideas like, you know, childcare subsidies and things like that, how will that impact people's ability to live and work here? And for me, one of the main things that we really need to focus on is infrastructure mm. and public transportation. If we want to attract people um, of all different classes to live and work in the city and in the county, we've got to improve our transportation and the ways in which the modalities in which people can get to and from work. And what I heard, too, is also just a better understanding, I think, of our regionality. You know, like there was city in there, yes. there's county in there, there's a broad yes. swath of people in there. And it just seems like we've gotten a little siloed in recent years. Um, so it's nice to hear that someone's thinking bigger picture, like the city population isn't doing great. But I'm thinking about it as the county executive for Allegheny. And kind of jumping off that quote, we just talked to Monica Ruiz, the executive director of Casa San Jose on Tuesday about this exact thing, or at least it came up in a very large conversation. Our immigrant populations need more support to thrive. And that support doesn't just come from their neighbors. Obviously, their support from their neighbors is great, but it's got to come from our county and city governments. So Natalie, I'm just curious what are you going to be looking for as Sarah now having stepped into this role and kind of taking it over, taking over the county government? What are you going to be looking for in how her administration is going to be supporting immigrant populations in Pittsburgh or, and excuse me, in, in Allegheny County? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think it's just going to come down to actions speak louder than words, right? So she's talking a lot about these things, but what I'm finding really interesting is She's already making good on some promises that she discussed, like raising the minimum wage, you know, out the gate. So I'm really at the county uh, level. So I'm really hoping that um, Sarah's going to leverage a lot of the community leaders. She had a very large transition team of people from all walks of life, um, which many included which, Monica. Yeah, including Monica. That's right. And so I think that really speaks volumes as to her direction. And what I've noticed, I've interviewed her a couple of times for KDKA Radio, and um, I, I was a part of um, Public Source when we did a debate um, when we had all of the uh, potential candidates back in the spring. And what I found really interesting about Sarah was the way that she talks about being a leader. Many people, it's these I statements. And for Sarah, it was always we. So I think she's looking at this as a collaborative, mm -hmm. collective effort that's going to take much more than just her and her uh, immediate administrative supporters. So I think what's going to be fascinating for me is to see who she pulls in to um, run some of these spaces and these sectors that she's hoping to, to look to fill. And also these new areas that she wants to grow as well, like the Office of Worker Protection. I think that's hugely important if we want to attract um, new people and immigration immigrants to our communities is how are we going to support people when they're at work? Mm -hmm. So, and, and creating green jobs, all of these things um, impact all of us, but in particular, they can support uh, new communities and and incorporate them and hopefully get them to grow and, and want to build here. Well, so Natalie, any wildcard ideas maybe that you're looking out for, like anything that she hasn't made a campaign speech about yet, but, you know, you'd really like to see her address at some point in the next four years? Absolutely. I think the thing that concerns me um, is there wasn't really any mention of COVID. And we're in one of the largest surges since the onset of the pandemic. I've been COVID cautious. I know a lot of my friends and colleagues are as well. I know a lot of people in the disability justice community that are very concerned 
about not being able to sort of integrate back into public spaces. I was disappointed that the buy him didn't really have any mask policy uh, during the event, considering what a surge we're in. This has been an issue that I feel has been ignored for way too long. What are we doing for our children in poorly ventilated schools and other public spaces? So I would really love to see more pressure being put on all of our elected officials, in particular uh, Sarah Inamorato, since she has so much power at the county level, to really address COVID mitigations, free masks, free tests, and really create a, a PSA campaign around um, what we can do to ensure a better quality of life for all of us in Allegheny County. And I feel like that's especially relevant this week. WHO just put out another advisory about it and it just yes. wasn't getting a lot of traction. It doesn't seem like there's... No, it's I still know. a pandemic. Please mask up and protect yourselves out there. Totally. Um, well, if you want to weigh in, you can fill out a survey. They're doing something called an all in Allegheny community survey that asks you to select the ways you want the county to address different issues like housing, employment, transportation. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy, whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CITYCAST, all one word, for $5 off. Mary Lee, you know this, of course, but just before the holidays, we dropped an entire episode on travel hacks if you're flying through Pittsburgh International Airport, and I will be damned if they haven't raised the parking rent again. Ugh. Natalie, when you travel, do y'all park? Do you get dropped off? Like, what's your preferred way to get there? Yeah, I begrudgingly park because <laughs> I already think it's too <laughs> it's too expensive and when I saw it was going up I was like, are you kidding me? So, I'm I'm a little unhappy, I got to be honest. I did no homework and know nothing about parking at the airport. <laughs> I I said this on our Pittsburgh International Airport episode. I am a bus to the airport person. Mm -hmm. So, please inform me what is the price change? Yeah. So there are four, I guess, technically five lots if you include the extremely expensive executive one. Um, this affects two of them. So there's the short term garage. Um, that's the one that's closest to the terminal. It's mostly covered. It's jumping from thirty two dollars for the daily maximum, which is already so expensive I know. to thirty six dollars a day. So that's four dollar jump. Wild. Woof. And then the economy lots, which are the cheapest ones that are at like the outer perimeter of the whole place. And they have that number and lettering system that makes no sense. They're increasing that from $10 a day to $12 a day. So a $2 increase. But why? And that adds up. If you're If you go somewhere for a week and you have to leave your car there, it really adds up. And let me tell you, okay, taking that shuttle, all right, when LOL. you're parked far away, it's taken me sometimes a half an hour because I'm waiting for the, the thing. So I end up just walking. And yeah, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, it's an eight minute walk. What's the problem? Eight minutes carrying all your yeah. bags, sometimes in rain, snow, ice. Like, no, this is, we've, we've got to do better here. I, I can't, this upsets me. I, this, is, this is why I will advocate for the 28X airport flyer. Is it perfect? No. <laughs> However, I get chauffeured 
to the front door of the airport, if you are like in the center core of the city or like along a bus, it's it's worth an investigation. The only, the biggest downside is that they do not have luggage racks on those dang buses. Which makes no sense. But also if you're coming from outside the city, I'd still have to drive my car down there, park, and then get in for me. Yeah. It's just like, that's another level. But I hear you. If you're, if you're in the city, I completely it would totally agree with sense. you, Mary Lee. Yes, I am glad everyone agrees with me. Uh, But (laughs) like, Megan, I do remember this. Maybe it was in the episode or in the research of the episode about getting to the airport. The prices had already gone up, right? Yes, they did. So this is the second price increase in the last year. This is why I'm livid. Like, it's one thing if you're raising the rent because there's like a reason or there's more value or something's getting nicer. But why they've they've provided no additional value they have not reorganized this lettering and numbering they have not made it easier it's still kind of ugly and now i have to pay more and i guess you're not getting like premium service is there any way you can like save money or is it just like this is what it is no from the stories i've seen um the seems like the airport authority keeps making this whole show of saying like if you reserve online you get the ten dollar rate that you're used to that's for the economy lot the cheapest one on the outside um and we've talked previously about how booking online does get you a discount on parking that Mm -hmm. is still true but if you reserved online two weeks ago it still would have been cheaper than ten dollars a day Hmm. so you're not fooling me airport authority i'm still paying more money for nothing (laughs) additional this is a whole other show, I, you guys. We made another show about <laughs> this, Natalie. <laughs> we still aren't done. But no, this kind of goes into a bigger thing is like, I guess to a certain extent, like what additional value should people expect from parking? Like parking is already low-key a miserable experience, even if the shuttles are more regular, even if like everything is perfect. I disagree. Perfect. I like, think a well-kept parking lot, like I don't think we need as much parking as we do in the U.S., like writ large. However, I do think there's many small changes that can affect your experience when you have to do it. And just having the nice space to do it, having it look better, having it make sense when you need to go find your car after you've been gone for eight days, all of that would make it a little nicer. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the buses are nice. So <laughs> the, the real question is, is like, Megan, for said airport episode that we will link in our show notes because we have mentioned it so many times now, did you learn, because you talked to the airport for the episode, did, did they say anything about why? Is there a why? Yeah, I think it's what, um, you know, one of our guests, Bob Curlick, told us a few weeks ago. He's with the authority. I think it's just that the lots have been filling up a lot lately. Um, He said never Mm. all of them all at the same time, but enough that it's made them kind of nervous about it. The airport authority said in a statement this week that it's all to, quote, manage capacity, which to me is a directly builds on what Curlick said a couple weeks ago. You, You increase the price, people may be less likely to park. However, I don't actually think that it will decrease the amount of people parking. That's like my theory. It's just like when you drive a car and already have to pay for parking, it's like this mentality where you're like, you'll just keep paying more and more until eventually it does hit a threshold where you won't pay it anymore. But it's like it's like the price of food, mm-hmm. right? Like It might prompt a few people to get like dropped off instead yes. if that's an option for them. And but there's a ton many? of um, independent companies near the airport that you can park there and they'll shuttle service you 
to the terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're actually fairly comparably priced. There was one that just went in in the last couple of weeks that I think their day rate is $13. They will clean your car off for you. They'll hand you a free bottle of water mm-hmm. and they'll shuttle you to your vehicle when you're back from your flight. So like, I don't know, not that bad if you can work in the extra free time. Okay, so we have lamented, cried, shaken our fists at the heavens about this price increase. But like, when is it going into effect? When will the wallets be hit? I mean, according to the airport authority's website, it already did. So Merry Christmas, Pittsburgh. Now you get to pay us more. Next up, a little holiday cleanup. Personally, I am in favor of January decorations. My stuff is not coming down until like just before Valentine's. Uh, But there's options for folks who take it down a little sooner. I also leave mine up way too long. I am not one of those like immediately after Christmas the decorations come down. My mom actually used to leave ours up so long because she just liked the smell of a Christmas tree. And so I'm curious, do you guys do a real Christmas tree or a fake one? We currently have a fake one, uh, but I came from a real tree every year, fire hazard if you didn't water it situation. So we grew up with fake trees and then my husband, he always had a real tree. So then when we moved in together, we did a real tree for many years. But since my husband, God love him, he does most of the cleaning, (laughs) he got sick and tired of all the pine needles everywhere. So now we're back to a fake tree, which um, is still up. I don't know um, how much longer we'll have it up, but I usually leave it up at least through the first week just because I think they're so pretty and they make me feel good. Um, But yeah, it'll probably come down this weekend. But we have one of those. I wanted one that had like snow, like fake snow on it. Yeah, the flocking. Yeah. And so it, it I think it's very pretty because we did like a pink theme this year. So we do themes every year. And this oh, year we you have pink, one of those so. like department store Christmas trees where things match. <laughs> we, we've we done many styles, <laughs> but I, I just felt like I looked at the tree this year and I said to him, I was like, I just want to do pink. So he took me to Michael's and we got all these beautiful pink everything and made it very very girly and, and that's glamorous. So, cool. so that's what we did this year. Uh, I had <laughs> four. Well, it depends four? on your size requirement. I guess I had seven trees technically, but oh, only wow. two of them were big, like taller than me. Um, we moved into a new house and I got a clearance tree last year and I have one that is truly falling apart. I need to get rid of it. These are all fake except for one, like a teeny tiny one. Um, but I just are can't bear like to get rid of the Hallmark? fake tree movie set why do you have do a tree in every room (laughs) because they make me feel nice so aside from us with our little like fake tree trio over here a lot of people obviously buy the real trees i am considering next christmas getting myself a real tree because i do love the smell uh because apparently pennsylvania ranks third in the nation for the number of Christmas tree farms. This is according to the Pennsylvania Christmas Tree Growers Association, which shout out to like niche <laughs> business associations. <laughs> so there are more than 1,400 Christmas tree farms statewide. And these farmers account for nearly 31,000 acres and produce a million cut trees each year. And like, obviously the trees are considered like a renewable and recyclable resource. And like, apparently according to this association, Three seedlings are planted for every tree that gets cut down. 
Mm-hmm. And recyclable because our local governments often turn them into mulch. I always forget the particulars of this program, but I know it's a thing every year. Yeah. So there's two programs. There is one in the county and there's one in the city. Uh, the city runs theirs through January 26th and you can just drop off your living or at this point perhaps deceased tree <laughs> Uh, and they'll turn it into mulch, and they then give away the mulch. That The mulch giveaway usually is, like, around springtime, so you just kind of have to keep an eye on when that's going to happen. And there's, like, drop-off points all over the city, and we actually have an article about it on our website, pittsburgh.citycast.fm, so you can check that out. All four corners of the city. I'm looking at it now. But also, since the county is doing it as well, the county is, like, on a slightly different schedule. You do need to bring your evergreen by January 14th, so that's... I think that's next weekend. I don't have a calendar in front of me right now. For the county, the mulch goes into the county park. So it's a little bit different. I wonder who collects more of them, like whether it's the city or the county. Interestingly, the city and county do share the numbers of how many trees are collected. And Natalie, I am curious, which do you think collected more, the city or the county? I'm going to say the city. During last year's collection cycle, which touches 2022 and 2023 because years, that's how they work. Um, (laughs) The city got 1,600 trees and the county collected 3,000. Wow. I guess that makes sense. I mean, the county's huge and they're collecting them at all of the parks. So yeah, okay. I guess I get it. Yeah. We just have so many city parks. That's why I thought, you know, but still, if you think about that, what is that almost half or about half came from the city itself, right? Although I bet a ton of households are not recycling their trees. So this is a good encouragement. If you've got one and you don't know what to do with it, it does not have to go to the curb or a landfill. And I'm looking at the rules for this now because I am too nebby for my own good. It's probably a good time to remind everyone uh, you have to bring in a clean tree. So no no lights, no tinsel. (laughs) Take your tree stand off. All that stuff has to be removed before you can drop it off. Can you imagine just somebody taking their entire Clark Griswold tree and just dumping it in the parking lot? Being like, sure. See you guys. Listen, if, if it says it has to be a clean tree, then someone did that for sure. True. You are right. We <laughs> you are all so right. need rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, uh, I would love to end with some good news that you have seen this week. Could be a little moment of joy, moment of zen, um, something you're looking forward to or you saw and loved. Um, take us out on a high note. Mary Lee, you first. This is shockingly hard, but it's not because there's no zen or joy in my life. I have, you know, I have so much abundance in my life. I'm so grateful. <laughs> However, the holidays make me feel like I've been put inside a freaking blender and I just leave it like spun around and then spat out. And I'm just like, what's happening? Where am I? So I'm, I'm picking something that's like top of mind for me. Um, I'm going to go with my book club, which we talked about on the show, the Not Gal Pals book club. Um, we have something called our book caucus on Saturday, which love using a political term in a non-political setting, but basically we pick the next three months of books. And I just think it's a really great time that our book club gets together and it's like a very democratic process. So we use ranked choice voting. Of course you do. It's very fun. I will go next. Um, mine is definitely the Pennsylvania Farm Show. Were y'all familiar? Mary Lee, I've been talking Love about it all week. Love but- a farm show. Okay, good. Natalie, are you familiar with it? 
I am not, but I look forward to hearing about it. Um, it's over in Harrisburg. It officially starts tomorrow on Saturday, and it goes for eight days. Um, and before anyone comes for me about this not being in Pittsburgh, I will remind you that most of our state is farmland. Um, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry in our state and employs hundreds of thousands of people. So, also, it's how you get to eat. So, be grateful. Listen. You're allowed to have your moment of joy in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. There is no judgment here. Um, but at the show, first of all, there's a ton to take in. And Pittsburghers are going to be speaking. But as we have been recording this, they were unveiling my most favorite part, uh, this year's butter sculpture. Yes. So have, are you all familiar with this? Have you seen oh, the photos? I know. Well, so I used to live in Wisconsin. I mm. know about a butter sculpture. It's so good. I have Loki had the live stream on um, open while we've been talking. <laughs> um, the same people make it every year in secret over in Montgomery County um, from butter donated by Lando Lakes in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Huh. Um, it's so cool. This year's is like a nuclear family type situation. I couldn't see from the live stream. I can only see two of what appears to be four people um, sharing a meal in front of a skyline. So half of it's farm and half of it's like a cityscape. And there's a loaf of bread on the table, obviously a stick of butter. Um, and Classic. my personal favorite and the whole thing is what appears to be a basket of potatoes at the bottom of one table and a very happy, smiling little pig. Oh, love that. I love a smiling, <laughs> happy pig. Made There's other vegetables, butter. clearly, but I could not distinguish from the live stream exactly what they were. I can't wait to see like the photos once the Pennsylvania website gets them updated. Well, that makes me feel joyful. The farm show, though, last thing, pageants, square dancing, goat snuggling, rodeo events. Um, the milkshakes are apparently to die for. Um, we have some pictures in our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. That's amazing. All right. Well, for my moment of joy, I've been looking forward to this because I always like to plan something to happen after the holidays because there is that come down emotionally. Yep. So my husband and I, we love going to the symphony and we haven't been in a while. So we're actually going to go next weekend and it's called Pictures at an Exhibition, Museum Sounds Come to Life. And what I love Ooh. about this is it says, about this performance, to the left, you'll see a Parisian garden with jo children joyfully playing. To the right, a hut running on chicken legs, journey down the museum corridor with us as we hear the sounds of art. How cool. So I'm really excited for um, that coming up the weekend of January 12th at the symphony. But any show you see at the symphony is always worthwhile. I saw last year... Um, the uh, Hocus Pocus, they did it live to music. And yeah. that was just so much fun. The music of Hocus Pocus is actually beautiful. So to hear live symphony while that was playing was exciting. So my moment of joy will be setting some, some sounds to the museum art. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Natalie, thank you so much. I hope uh, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. And thanks for letting me talk a little bit about the history of the moment <laughs> for this city. Mary Lee, I'll be seeing you for the next two days. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not as yeah. exciting. You guys are always together. Not as exciting. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Reminder, you can find all of our shows, old and new, on our new website. That's pittsburgh.citycast.fm. Our music is by Benji. Mary Lee Williams is our executive producer. Sophia Lowe makes the show. Francesca DeBecco writes our newsletter. And I'm your host, Megan Harris. We'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, everyone. I don't know where Mercury is. I just assume it's always in a bad place. <laughs> <laughs>